Hey everyone, before we get started with today's show, we just wanted to point out uh, something that took place uh, last week from the time of this recording. Uh, dear friend of the show, Jim Dietz, has unfortunately passed away, and we just wanted to start off the show by addressing this. Yeah, I want to echo uh, what Aaron said and essentially just say that uh, we were sorry to hear about the news. It was a devastating loss, and Jim has been a part of our show for such a long time. Um, probably way back, uh, like in year one of our show, um, he always had an amazing voice. I mean, he had such great warmth uh, to every conversation that we had, but he was also just like what Aaron pointed out, like a really kind person. I also I also love one of my favorite bits from Alien vs. Predator Requiem, Dr. Pred Alien. It's definitely going to be one of those <laughs> all-timers, but Jim was ready for anything all the time. I will certainly miss him. Uh, on our shows and kind of just missing uh, our text chains back and forth. He was a great warm presence, like you've been saying here. And yeah, the, he early on, I mean, he being a part of the HHWLED network, he was a big uh, part of having our show early on get, uh, you know, spread out more uh, than it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, he was also, yes, willing to participate in so many ways. He was on many of our earliest shows as far as like our commentaries especially like you mentioned with alien vs predator requiem <laughs> um, um and yeah he was you know game to come on so often he had this huge vhs collection so we'd be constantly doing a lot of older movies for commentaries or whatnot he'd always be very willing to participate a lot of them just if we called on him because we happen to need somebody he was generally pretty available so it's yeah i i uh remember piecing together our top tens from last year and his was just again, like everybody's was really kind and nice, but I, I Jim's is kind of just like uh, Aaron asked me to participate and I'm, I'm always happy to. And I look forward to like, you know, our my top 10 for like next year. But um, yeah, I, I also wanted to point out that I never really got to ask Jim things about his restaurant business, which I always wanted to do because he had been in the restaurant business for quite a while. Uh, and then I kind of just wanted to ask him like what kinds of food he made and talk about more about him with food stuff but um you know one day someday he was he was an accomplished chef um he, he ran this uh, place called the gypsy cafe of his wife um he just yeah I had years of experience in that regard as well as you know being the kind gentle geek uh, that he <laughs> uh, certainly you know built a reputation around um and that kindness is certainly a big factor in that because many people or worse, you know, so happy to hear from Jim and he was so kind and lent so much of his time to just doing fun, geeky things while also being, you know, generally a good person. Indeed. Uh, yeah. And we'll link out a, a GoFundMe, which Aaron and I have uh, boosted um, to part of our show notes and whatever else too. So feel free to contribute if you'd like to, no pressure, but um, it's a small way in which we can say thanks to Jim. Yeah. So, uh, our deepest consoled condolences to his uh, to his family. And yeah, let's um, let's let's get on with this silly show. This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we're talking Turning Red. I'm green with envy for people who have seen Turning Red in theaters. Wait a minute, I forgot my introduction. You know what's up? You know what's us? We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hi! Hello! Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. 
We dig into movies. We most support for your review. The occasional commentary track or some of them. Another fun movie topic. This is episode 489. 489. That's a good number, right? Is sure. it auspicious? <laughs> is it? <laughs> I don't know. It's a nice odd number. I like it. But uh, yeah, well, this week we're talking Pixar's Turning Red, the latest film from Pixar and the latest Pixar film not to go to theaters. Mm. And joining us to discuss such things, we have from Endor Express, doing it every once, what he wants, 24 7, 365. It's, it's David, yeah. Hey, guys. Hi, did, you find, uh, did you find your thing? I, I did. <laughs> okay. Was it under your bed with all your other paraphernalia? <laughs> With all your all your drawings with Devin, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Devin, four town boys. It's it's specifically the other four town boys, the ones that are also talented. Um, <laughs> <laughs> David, how are you doing? I'm fine. I'm do I'm adjusting to the new time change, mm-hmm. which is now we're we're in uh, official daylight saving time, not really? savings. <laughs> saving time oh okay so just one saving if there's one thing if there's one thing david hates more than pixar's inside out it's the idea of saying savings plural when you're referencing when you're referencing daylight saving time because it's incorrect <laughs> and no one knows that it's incorrect and they keep saying it wrong this is i i'm one of those folks that are saying it wrong so i thank you for correcting me this isn't just a Mandela effect thing. This is David's taking out like just pure scorn on people that are just purposely mispronouncing yeah. this. This is like this is like <laughs> when John Mulaney was on Seth Meyers and told this story about how it's pronounced Gary Mandering because the guy's name is Gary, not gerrymandering, even though it's widely accepted as gerrymandering. This is a gift well, I mean, of conversation now. <laughs> I mean, you could add this to the list of things that make <laughs> that make me uh, turn red. Uh, <laughs> thanks for putting us back on track. I, I do thank you for that because that is what we're going to talk about this week. And I'm excited to, I'm excited to talk about another Pixar film with David. Uh, that's what we're going to do later on. But first up, let's get us some show notes. Uh, first things first, new commentary track. It is on the way this week. We are recording our commentary for that's right. Joel Schumacher's 1997 bat classic Batman and Robin. We have a lot of fun prepared for this episode. We will have our regular guest, Scott Mendelson, as well as Brandon Peters. And joining for our first commentary will be Terrence Johnson as well. Uh, this should be a lot of fun. We've spent many, many, uh, we spent basically a decade doing this podcast in preparation for our Batman and Robin commentary. Um, <laughs> a, a film that I believe David has described as, yeah, I saw it once. Um, so yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a, a, fun, a fun time for sure. Uh, so stay tuned for that one. You can find that commentary on iTunes, of course, well, and follow the other episodes of our show. And in doing so, you can also be like, hey, there's a lot of shows here. And there's also another tab and it says ratings and reviews. I can give one of those. And that's what you can do. You can give us a rating interview for our show. Give us some stars, write us some words. That'd be great. Sign in with your Apple ID, you know, print some stuff out. There you go. Copy paste. Thanks. <laughs> All of those steps. All yes. of those steps. Yeah. yeah. You don't even have to test if you're a robot or not. It'd be hilarious if you just like copied the synopsis for like Halloween uh 1979 <laughs> yeah that would be hilarious if the entire <laughs> synopsis like wow five stars and you know what we do a, a halloween movie for yeah for for 78, 78. <laughs> i apologize yeah uh, 79 that's alien halloween sorry space. sorry john carpenter <laughs> he listens to our show avidly he, he was listening to it all during a uh, studio 666 that's what he's doing <laughs> But guys, hold on. Pause filming. I'm listening to it out now. There today. Um, they talked about some movie again. I hope they. I hope that he should get Dave Grohl. 
Uh, he, so I hope we talk to Jatro so we can finally get him on the podcast. <laughs> someday, Jatro. Someday. Yeah, that's a lot of bits. Um, all right. So let's, what else? Uh, the commentary, the, the iTunes reviews, that's all good. Um, real quick, uh, not too much to say just beyond this was a great actor. William Hurt passed away. Uh, yes. Earlier today. Yeah, just today. Yeah, which was uh, sad news to hear. Uh, yeah, apparently he had cancer and he passed from. Yeah, 71 is just too too young yeah i was yeah. i was surprised by that too 71 but um, thanks for the context of of, of the um diagnosis aaron uh, yeah. i didn't know that part yeah um you know he's an academy award winner multiple nominee uh appeared in so many very very good films along with several marvel films in the last phase of his career here but mm-hmm. no just a, just a terrific actor i mean he will mm-hmm. be missed all right uh let's uh let's move forward here let's move on to uh let's go to the Mando cookies trademark Registered trademark. Exactly. We should register this. Mm. We're getting to 500 episodes. Dave. Sounds expensive. <laughs> we we spend so little money on this podcast. I think we can afford to break the bank a bit to register the to trademark. Find a lawyer, to, a patent lawyer. And, yeah. I know we don't need a lawyer. We probably just need like a notary. <laughs> we can probably work this out. Where's we can we let's get what's let's, let's listen to another podcast that uses the sponsor legalzoom.com. And we can, I'm not, sure. Not a sponsor. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure we can. We're not going to get paid for that. <laughs> <laughs> Meundies.com slash out now underscore podcast. Yeah, because I want to go to LegalZoom. I want to be comfortable. All right. Quickies. That's what we're on. <laughs> Abe, what have you seen recently? Uh, I watched Nobody, which is now on HBO Max or you, HBO streaming. Had you not seen it? I'd seen it before, but then I, I rewatched it again. And, you know, I still have the same. It's not really an issue, but the 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 catalyst of the movie is that he gets on this bus fight, and that spurs everything on. Um, and I just kept thinking to myself, like, you know, if you just didn't have the bus fight, everything would be okay. But you know, I guess you need something. Um, it's yeah, still, if, if you didn't do this, there wouldn't be a movie, <laughs> right? Yeah, you know, his wife wouldn't uh, realize that he still has the urge to go and kill people, and his son wouldn't realize how cool he is. Um, I also watched uh, the Royal Ten Moms, which is on Hulu. Uh, if you watch nothing else, just watch like the first six, seven minutes where they do the intros of everybody. It's it's fantastic. Um, still features one of my favorite needle drops, which is the Nico song these days. Um, and then I also watched, because you guys talked about it last week while I was editing, I was listening to it. Um, you guys talked about Love and Mercy uh, with Paul Dano, and oh, I watched yeah. Love and Mercy again. And hey, man, Paul Dano is really good in it. And so uh, give it a shout out if you haven't. That movie is like six seven years old now at this point it, it's it's such a long time ago it's crazy <laughs> yeah that is yeah. one way to regard it yeah it's older um, it's, yeah i mean I, I i no i thought it was like a 2018 movie but it's like 2014 or something yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great it's movie been a while it's been a while uh yeah, that yeah. Was good. I, I like this pattern you have of finishing movies lately that's fine <laughs> i mean this is no cool i'm luke's situation yeah, it's, it's a nice change of pace i'm, I'm really enjoying movie, movie made after 1979 uh i will watch uh all in one go i mean that part's a little discouraging but um, yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's 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 my new motivation for <laughs> for after 500 get abe to watch more pre-jaws movies oh no in full yeah oh, i have to watch all these these classic great uh, films that are generally 90 minutes how I terrible for be- me i can't believe i have to watch uh <laughs> casablanca one of my favorite films again uh david let's go to you here what what have you seen recently i recently watched west side story finally because i missed right. it in theaters and you know because it's on disney plus 
I actually watched it twice. It's really good. Yeah, it is. Yes. Yeah. I'm so glad that you're on the boat. Yes. Just, just for the record, before, because I want to hear more about what David thinks of West Side Story. But David, you've apparently watched West Side Story twice, which is five hours worth of movie compared to Abe, who needed several months to watch one two-hour movie. I mean... just, just put that. Just put that out there. Okay, continue. Also, I also watched the original West Side Story. Oh. So a week before I watched West so that's Side. That's eight Story. hours of West Side Story, David. <laughs> and uh no it was just uh because it's been so long since i watched mm-hmm. the original original and i just you know i i think i forgot most of it i just know the songs but you don't remember the choreography you don't remember like the editing of it the the you know the pacing of it so it was, it was interesting to see how spielberg made his own version of it and it's not like an update it's a just a new version yeah. of it so uh, there's a re- different restructuring and all that kind of stuff. And apparently they're going off the original Broadway show, which is it's interesting. It's, uh, but um, uh, yeah, so that, <coughs> that was fun. And I also watched the, what's that? The, I keep saying the Tilda Swinton, but it's the Tinder Swindler. <laughs> <laughs> I watched the t- now I'm going to call it Tilda Swinton. <laughs> I watched the Tinder Swinton on uh, Netflix. Yeah. 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 Uh, what is this exactly? I've heard basic things. Describe okay. what this is, please. It's a documentary on Netflix of basically t- these women are talking about their real life dating experiences with this guy they met on Tinder who swindled them out of thousands and thousands of dollars. Jeez. And you think, you know, uh, without watching it, you go like, um, you're stupid. But when you watch it you you kind of really understand exactly how they fell for it because he used all this money from women that was he was swindling to fund another date and pretend to think that they they believed he was super rich mm-hmm. because he was using the money from he swindled out of from another girl yeah. to pay for all these limos these private jets these and he's got this entourage that that plays the part and so it's it you could kind of start to see how they could buy into that. And it's really interesting. Um, yeah. Okay. So it's, it's real. Notes. Yeah. <laughs> take some notes, <laughs> see, you know, but you know, your, your boyhood charm, uh, will you know, will win through. Abe's <laughs> boyhood you. charm has been gone for a long time now, but I'm sure he can still make something work if he really wants. I'm a real boy. So um, Oscar it's winner the... Tilda Swindler is now available on Netflix. Yeah, <laughs> and then um, Abe's will be the the Moa Matcher. <laughs> Boom! You know what my secret is going to be? I'm going to take him out to like you know a uh, green team um, mo- mocha mocha. <laughs> you can't even say it. How'd that go? <laughs> Nothing. Never mind. Let's move on. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I can't give my secrets away on this free show. The Moa ma- Matcha Matchmaker. Yes, thank you, <laughs> David. You should be my agent. <laughs> <laughs> your asian agent yeah that should be a show right there the asian agent starring uh, ronnie chen uh, okay and the aging also the aging asian agent oh no starring, his dad uh, is played by sorry james hong yeah, his dad <laughs> is played by james hong remember this is such a red remember kung fu panda 2 I love Kung Fu Panda too. He, he's like, I'm gonna tell you something you might not know, and it's not that he's adopted. It's just like the secret to the recipe for the noodles. Uh, 
That's well, <laughs> James Hong is in this movie too. I know. Yeah. I was, I was kind of it all away. Wait, do that again, J- David. I, I felt as though he was like in the room with us. No, <laughs> that, was, that was pretty bad. <laughs> that's that's all we got. All right, let me uh, let me go with my quickies here. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen a few things. Thank you. Uh, first up is the outfit. This is an upcoming Mark Rylance film uh, directed oh. by the writer of the Imitation Game, whose name I do not know offhand right now. I don't have it up. But uh, Tilda Swindler. Um, yeah, t- the, yeah, the, t- uh, <laughs> the Tilda Swindler. Uh, but no, the outfit. This is a film. It's set during uh, like the 50s. It's got that kind of neo-noir vibe. It's about Mark Rylance portraying a a uh, a not a not a tailor. Uh, he's specifically a um, a cutter. Uh, which is even better than a tailor, but he basically makes suits uh, in Chicago. Uh, and there is a mob outfit that occasionally drops things off in his shop. And he tries to remain anonymous and all of this. He's just more of like a, yeah, you happen to use my shop for this thing. Things happen that make one night particularly harrowing for him as he has to deal with several mobsters that are basically taking residence in his shop while they deal with something. And he's involved in various ways. The film stars him, uh, Zoe Dutch and Dylan O'Brien, um i overall like the movie's fine like mark rylance is very good uh in in and out in and out of his hat um Mm -hmm. so like he's doing the job the cast in general is pretty good i would say this movie feels like something akin to like a guy Ritchie type film except everyone's like more polite and less loud Um, (laughs) (laughs) some of that panache is what makes a guy Ritchie movie (laughs) it is but at the same time it's like i don't think this movie's doing anything particularly innovative it just feels like because we're saying things calmly therefore we can get more respect where it's like you're the same kind of like you know nonsense hitman assassin type movie that just happens to have like mark rylance as the lead instead of i don't know jason statham like it's like you know it's fine um it's it's worth like when it goes to streaming which it will very soon i'm assuming um it's it's worth a watch but it's not something to race out for um speaking of something not to race out for i watched the adam project uh Mm -hmm. this is the second collaboration between ryan reynolds and director sean levy uh before their soon to be third collaboration on apparently deadpool 3 um i am not looking forward to that because this uh, is kind of what i expect from a ryan reynolds sean levy movie i was somewhat surprised by free guy uh their previous collaboration because it just worked better than i had expected like it's just a solid you know summer blockbuster kind of thing mm-hmm. this movie though it feels like all the worst elements of everybody combined as far as it has ryan reynolds doing his shtick type of thing um and in this case because it's a movie about time travel where he visits his younger self you get two ryan reynolds except it's one of them's portrayed by a little kid credit goes to this kid he does a good ryan reynolds but for someone like me who's not into the ryan reynolds stick that's a lot of ryan reynolds to deal over two hours so it's uh it has that sean levy is not a particularly great director in my eyes he more or less gets the job done without any real panache or whatnot so when you have a film that's fairly elaborate that has to do with time travel and sci-fi stuff and all these things it you look at something like back to the future and it's like robert zemeck has knocked that out of the park as far as not just the characters and the comedy and the storytelling but like every detail about how time travel works it there's a logic there where sure. a movie like this feels like it just kind of goes yada yada yeah you know where it works like and that's it and it's like there's a way to care about this stuff without making it feel you know, too laborious. And this movie just doesn't even try. And it's kind of a shame. Yeah. I will say the first hour is like, fine. I get that it's trying to be this family friendly kind of thing. Is it thankfully like an hour and 40 minutes? It's yeah. It's like, it's like an hour 50. It's like it's skirting on that, but 
the thing that bothers me is it's in such a rush. Like it throws so much stuff at you mm-hmm. and you have, and you have Reynolds and you have Mark Ruffalo and Zoe Saldana and Jennifer Gart. You have like a lot of good cast here. They're doing their best, but after an hour, you're like, wait, so the, what's the story again? Because it's like, it's just thrown so much at the wall and it's like, what, what are we doing in all this? And it's trying to be this, and it's trying to be this Amblin type thing. And it just, it just doesn't do like it, it, it just doesn't, it doesn't work very well. And then on top of that, it apparently cost $175 million. And it's like, where does this money go? Because it looks terrible. It's a terrible looking movie. It has really bad CGI. <laughs> wow. It has Catherine Keener plays a villain character who at some point gets a de-aged version of herself. And it's, it's, it's one of the worst <laughs> de-aging approaches I've seen in a movie, uh, which is impressive given how far we've come to make that better at this point. And it's like, how did it get worse sure. <laughs> with this budget? So I, I can I can understand the people that are just like yeah it was fun but just I I've, I've seen yeah it was fun be done better you know, this is just mm. you know it's not the worst thing I've seen that's red notice but this is just like eh, whatever yeah yeah well I can't wait for Netflix to to you know uh, put you no. in their inner circle oh they'll announce two sequels and whatever <laughs> <laughs> uh, the last thing I'll mention here I've only watched the first episode but it's called the last days of Ptolemy Gray uh, this is the new Apple series starring Samuel L Jackson yeah who who's Samuel L. Jackson, I'm surprised he's like a 70-some-odd-year-old man, and they, they had to age him up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, which is, it's it actually fits into the premise of this series, which I haven't got to this part of it yet, because it's only the first episode, but the idea is that he plays an older man who's mm-hmm. losing his memory, but he's still in, like, good shape with the exception of his memory, um, and he's going to be given a drug that allows him to unlock all of his memories ever. And he'll go, he'll go with that to solve whatever issues that he still has in his life in his remaining days. I've, again, I've only seen the first episode. I loved it though. I think it's great. I think Sam Jackson's great. The pilot's directed by Raman Bahrani and an indie director that I really like. It's based off a book by Walter Mosley, an author that I really like. He wrote Walt. uh, Yeah, exactly. He wrote the, um, um, the devil in a blue dress, the Denzel Washington Mm -hmm. movie that I wrote the the book, those books that, uh, that made into that movie. Uh, but I, everything about this so far, I'm just really digging. So I'm looking forward nice. to seeing where this goes from here. I'll provide an update. That's on Apple Apple Plus? That's on Apple. The streaming service that I consider to be pretty much the most consistent as far as the amount yeah. of quality that comes out of there these days. What, what was the Mer- Mahershala Ali movie? Was that also on Apple TV Plus? Yeah, that was, okay. what was it called? That Because there was two movies from the same year. That, Swan Song. Swan Song <laughs> that was yeah, one yeah. of two Swan Songs that came out last year. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And that's uh, that's my quickies. And so there we go. That's on Fair back. All right, let's move on now. Let's get to our trailer talk where we talk about one of the newest movie trailers of the week, when it's coming out, what we thought of it, and what have you. And this week we are talking Lightyear. This is the next Pixar film arriving uh, later on this year, uh, featuring Chris Evans as uh, the young Buzz Lightyear in a movie that is an origin story for the fictional Buzz Lightyear character who would go on to inspire the action figure for, from the Toy Story movies. I, that's that's a lot to consider right there, and I, I want to delve into this right away. <laughs> D- David, what are your thoughts on Lightyear? And- wait, 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 wait. Wouldn't this be like in the Toy Story universe? There's a toy, mm-hmm. and then decades later, they make a live action movie based on the toy, kind of like Transformers. I mean, <laughs> in the universe, it's a movie in universe based on the toy it's not like the movie it's not the character that inspired the toy but the other you're, way around you're saying the other way around yeah 
Yeah, right? You would think. How I'm hearing it is that it's it's the origin story of the of Buzz Lightyear who would go on to inspire the toy that is Buzz Lightyear. Fascinating. I mean, right, but it's already oh, what you're it, saying, what you're saying makes sense. Makes sense. <laughs> like, I understand this, David. What I'm okay, saying okay. is what they're it's, actually doing. <laughs> I, I okay, okay. I, I think I, I think I get it. It's the movie inspired by the toy based on the character that inspired their toy. Well, yes, exactly. Yes. The the donut hole within the donut hole. <laughs> That's exactly like, right though. Yeah, you're right. Like you're right. like so like in Toy Story Andy has this toy that's called Buzz Lightyear. What? And if, and if he read the back of the box, that box would say that real person that existed named Buzz Lightyear is the inspiration for this toy. <laughs> right. By so, Chris Evans. But it's like a fictional take on because yeah, the world they live in, like Andy and all, they don't have spacemen that are go to like other planets i don't well apparently they well, do now <laughs> i i would i would i'm actually i'm curious about that now too because you know oh, I, that opens all, up a whole a whole uh pandora's box of things that are possible all of what we're talking about is far more fascinating probably than whatever happens in like because <laughs> <laughs> now i'm thinking about like the zerg and all that other stuff like, like unless that so. movie actually deals with like time conundrums involving buzz Lightyear, like traveling through a wormhole to get to other planets that would justify the idea yeah because now you're making I, me think of like how does andy get a toy about this guy who has I, gone into real outer space yeah i think this is like if this is andy was grown up he's watching a movie at the theater uh-huh. called lightyear based on like it it's like the franchise that spawned a movie but it's a fic- fiction movie rather than you know what i mean yeah uh, i see where you're going with again this. you're yeah. saying things that make sense to me if like whoever if pete doctor told this to me it's like oh, okay that's a neat idea peter this movie though <laughs> seems to be suggesting that Buzz now, Lightyear yeah. existed this is this is all i'm going to think about when i'm watching this movie later David. <laughs> <laughs> i'm like um david told me that this doesn't make any fucking sense <laughs> no I, i'm just trying to understand you know how, you're not I think we've, all, we've all been trying to understand since they announced that chris evans is voicing Lightyear, a character that inspired the toy <laughs> <laughs> because he doesn't <laughs> Anyway, in a way that makes sense based right. off the fact that Toy Story seems to exist in a modern time that doesn't involve a past <clears throat> history where a astronaut left the planet and explored other universes and what have you. Right. And, and then apparently they Earth learned about this and was like, that's neat. Let's make toys and video games based yeah, on exactly. this supposed adventure that actually happened. Also, people on Earth are still like, yeah, but aliens, you know, I guess they exist now. I guess that's right. like what it's supposed yeah. to be. Yeah, and, and thinking back to like the video game in Toy Story 2, it's like they were using a Super Nintendo controller, so this must have been in the 90s or like <laughs> earlier. No, it's like if we, if the real Buzz Aldrin wrote Buzz a Aldrin? Book, yeah, 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 no, yeah, no, 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 yeah. If, oh, if, yeah, if yeah. he wrote a a, a a, a book about his adventures in space and it was yeah. completely just off the wall and like nobody yeah. believed him but finally someone made a movie uh-huh. and a toy off of him yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> exactly like it's exactly that <laughs> but it's all generation figure can't wait they blinded me with science <laughs> boingo boingo was there okay so david what oh. about saying what what is the tra- how does the trailer for this <laughs> i mean it looks pretty it looks nice i agree i mean but because we had all these you know we already talked about this just a few seconds ago about what we're thinking i don't know if it's gonna be good Mm -hmm. (laughs) i I, I agree i have no idea if this will be as good based off 
all the things we're talking about seem far more fascinating than and then he went on an adventure and like cut an alien's right off or something well i mean as far as an animated sci-fi adventure goes it looks really fun sure so sure if i could if they could make me um set aside any toy story logic <laughs> and <laughs> then and just make me like take me on this adventure then uh, i could be fine with that so. Hey, how about you? How does the basic trailer for this look? I mean, now I'm just, you know, completely mind blown by the looper slash like, you know, <laughs> situation of all this, the the interstellarness of all this, you know, fifth dimensions, maybe, David? I don't know. Yeah. Um, and Buzz Aldrin is Buzz Lightyear. And... <laughs> exactly. Now we've got to go question that guy. Before they all have, they all the, have the right stuff as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Um, as far as like the trailer goes, hey man, it looks great. I mean, the animation has come such a long way. There's a scene where I, I've only seen the first one, the initial teaser trailer. I haven't seen any subsequent trailers, but there's a scene in in the forest there where the forest looks like um, good dinosaur style, where they're actually making things that looked like it was an actual forest, uh, so like photo like greenery, photorealistic. Yeah, um, uh, the story great, but then I think the re- the thing that really sold it on me was the side that they use they use david bowie starman or a remix of it and that gives me some emotional feels because of uh how uh, it's associated with other things but um they they've done a very good job at selling me this trailer yeah i don't disagree with any of this like like david you just said if you know if if you're telling me pixar made a sci-fi action movie that's coming out this summer cool like i'm into that it is weird, <laughs> the, the dynamics surrounding all of this. And I guarantee when the three of us and maybe someone else reconvene in June to talk about this movie, these are all the same questions we're still going to have. But I, I look forward to the movie either completely sidestepping the fact that we're discussing this or fully embracing this time conundrum that we seem to have come across that nobody right. seems to understand as of now. <laughs> right. Like I, I, I don't want to like pre-spoil the movie for anyone, but I, I want the end credit stinger to be like, and then Andy walks out of the movie theater. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or that was really good, Mom. Or Buzz Lightyear lands on like a desert planet. <laughs> he crawls out of a ditch, and you know, there's a shot from below that two boots walk up and say, "Reach for the sky." Uh... <laughs> and it's like the real life Toy Story, yeah, but on yeah. another planet. It's like live action Tom Hanks for some reason. It's from News from the World in his Woody costume now. <laughs> Well, who, what's, who, who, what's the one where he travels with like a robot? The Finch. Finch. Yeah. yeah. Well, here, here, here's a fun question for you. Like, who would play the real the retelling of Woody if that was a Jim uh, they made a brother, real western? Jim Hanks, his brother, who does the voices and everything. It's not the not the movies. Holland <laughs> <laughs> Hanks. How about that? Yeah, his son, the there good go. one. <laughs> there we go. Uh, well, Lightyear starring Chris Evans along with Kiki Palmer, Taika Waititi. Uh, Uzo Aduba and James Brolin as Emperor Zerg. That's a fun sentence to say out loud. Um, this all arrives June 17th, uh, presumably in theaters because, hey, we save the white guys for the theaters when it comes to Disney. Aww. Um, all right. <laughs> so, wow. <laughs> um, shots fired, but you know what? I'm, I'm also shooting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm the one taking the deepest shots at Disney this week. They've been having a spotless record lately. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> all right. Let's... Um, Let's move on from trailer talking into our main review for Turning Red. Let's go. I'm Maylin Lee. I wear what I want, 
say what I want 24 7, 365. I know, it's a lot. But I don't got time to mess around. Oh, about that hustle, am I right? Poor town. This is gonna be the best year ever. And nothing's gonna get in my way. Breakfast is ready. Coming. It's gonna be me. All right, that should have been some of the trailer for Turning Red. Director Domi Shi has been with Pixar since 2011. She has gone on to direct the 2018 Oscar-winning short film Bao. Now, the Chinese-Canadian animator has made her first feature-length film, Turning Red, a coming-of-age story written by Shi and Julia Cho. It focuses on a 13-year-old Chinese-Canadian girl named Maylin Lee who is living her life in 2002 Toronto. Despite her independent attitude, her life is ruled by a couple of things. First, the desire for the boy band Four Town, and a mother, voiced by Sandra Oh, who can be quite controlling. Here's the latest wrinkle. One morning, May wakes up as a giant red panda. She soon learns this transformation will happen whenever she becomes too emotional. What's behind this? And what will her friends think? And how fluffy is she? These are all good questions. <laughs> David, what did you think of Turning Red? <laughs> I, I thought it was a lot of fun. It's It was generally, genuinely had some of the biggest laughs in a Pixar movie that I've I've seen in a long time. And this is not just because it was written as funny. It was just animated and it, it, you could see a lot of her personality of some it's, it's her, it's Domi's personality just like coming through. And I could see her directing this movie into like, Oh, she needs to do this. And she needs to do this because she's writing herself into this movie. And that's what you see. Um, Overall, I think there's like small nitpicks here and there. You know, like I do think the mom is a little too much. And but I, I also kind of see how real there's a lot of moms that are, are like this. But I do think, you know, I I would like to see um, the father. I like the father character, but I do think he needed to be a little bit more present in this movie. He was kind of pushed aside. Mm-hmm. Um so I have like minor issues with that, but then overall, I thought it was really, really charming. It was really fun, and I'll let you guys talk because um, it'll 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 spawn more thoughts. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Abe, how about you? How many virtual pets did you have, and what did you think of turning red? Uh, I had one virtual pet because it was cool, and then it died because I just you know never had time to take care of it. Um, oh, I'm but, sure it know. took a lot out of your day. It really did. You know, being like a nine-year-old, you're just like, I got other things to do, like playing the dirt. Um, but I think Turning Red, there's a lot of things to like about Turning Red. I think that there was like a really uh, complicated and complex storyline going through this. And there's a lot of things about entering adolescence, you know, like changing bodies, um, starting to like people, fits of rage. Smelling. Um, smelling, weird. <laughs> uh, but, you know, wanting to venture out of your the circles that you've been in your entire life. And sometimes you can't feel like, it's a lot. And what I really like about uh, Turning Red is that it it puts all that together in the story. And so I can see where there are some people that are detracted from it and saying like, well, you know, there's just 
not a lot here that I can really uh, go with, but it's like, if you remember yourself at that time and place, like there's just a lot going on in your life too. Again, you're like, you're, you're, you're kind of like venturing out of like your old skin into new skin um, to some degree. So, I mean, there's like familial things in this that I certainly um, responded to like, you know, a lot of like filial piety, filial piety stuff. Uh, by the same time, like there was a lot of things that maybe, um, I wouldn't call them necessarily nitpicks, but there are some things that maybe just didn't resonate as much for me as it might with um, uh, others, uh, other viewers of this movie. Uh, but with all that being said, I did find it very charming. David, you mentioned like some uh, laughing. And it's like, I do, uh, I did laugh out loud like three times, like hearty laughs because of like what David was describing, like not just the way that it's written, but just silly little things like, you know, um, whether it's like just pushing somebody so that they slide back into a bathroom stall or something like that, that's uh, kind of like the humor that I, that I uh, really dig, but um, I can definitely feel that there was like a frenetic pace to some of it. And maybe some people didn't feel as though all the gum was sticking to the wall, but again, I chalk it up to, Hey man, there's just like being a 13 year old and having all this stuff happen to you and kind of like going through all of these life-changing things the frenetic pace is going to be there. And sure, some things are a little bit unrealistic, like going to buy a concert ticket and then going to a concert by yourself or whatever else. But <laughs> Yeah, that was the, the biggest problem I had was buying a <laughs> floor ticket on the night of. <laughs> oh, yeah, night of, yeah. Not even like GA in the bag. It's just like literal like in the pits. But, you know, there there's things like that that, you know, you could be nitpicking of. But beyond that, as it breaks into its story and it breaks into, um, I guess, what you can take away from it, I did find a lot of charming things to it. And there is some definitely some emotional beats. But again, not all of it worked, not all of it worked for me, but I, I certainly recognize it and I, I applaud it for doing what it did do and showing what it did show uh, on the screen. Uh, yeah, this movie's fun. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff in here. I like the general vibe that it has going for it um particularly because it doesn't necessarily have like no stakes but i like the kind of very human stakes that are at bay in all of this um there are plenty of things you guys have already brought that i like and there's more that we can talk about i will say i like that the film has this kind of like grown-up sensibility in terms of it's you know this is a kid-friendly film is a family-friendly film as all pixar movies are but I like that it's dealing specifically with kids becoming more grown up and not shying away from addressing things like, you know, puberty or having your period or whatnot. Like it, the, the fact that it's like literally incorporating that language into the narrative, like that, I found that to be like refreshing and interesting um, that they're not settling for just the metaphor of the panda, but actually like full on like showing pads and stuff like mm -hmm. in the movie. It's like, good, good for you, movie. And not like, just once. Movie. Yeah, not just once. And it and it it, it finds a, a neat balance to make that, but to work that both in the way of comedy as well as cringe comedy. Um, and it's, I just, I, I liked what it was doing in that regard. Uh, the movie's really bright and colorful in ways that I enjoyed. There's a lot, there's a lot of anime influence in here that I mm -hmm. was, it was hard not to spot. Um, and there's even yet again another film that uh, features some kaiju action that I was enjoying as well. So it's like that really want to satisfy me lately as far as these things go. As far as what you're saying is in regards to Abe, in regards to um, you know things being presented that don't necessarily represent everybody. First off, I and I agree with you. Like 
it's not a detriment to the film to have something specific. As we've said many times on this podcast, the more specific you make something, the better it resonates with you than when or whether it, when it's really broad and it just feels like just too far out there to be like, why should I care as much? Like the idea that you have a Chinese Canadian kid uh, dealing with a very specific thing within her family and her friends cool like i i whether or not i relate to that as much as i relate to being a, a toy cowboy like what am i like, right. no, yeah. like nothing's inherently relatable in this reason and i i'm very happy just to enjoy the movie for making it the choices that it's decided to make um and being about what it wants to be right and the fact that it can you know still mine plenty of humor and endearing qualities and what have you good good for it there's a lot of cleverness in here um, to go along with that as far as being set like not only like within this family unit but having them set in 2002 specifically i like how that transfers out to referencing certain things without being too overbearing like having the boy bands and stuff like there's ways to make that too much i think and i feel like the, the this film finds just the right balance of how to like handle that without making it feel like an obnoxious like remember that from 2002 like instead it <laughs> for one thing it has a fictional boy band but also it doesn't like it's not nonstop, like, you know, I love the 2000s. Like, it's just more of this is, right, right. What, we're, this is what we're working with and we'll use what we need to to kind of convey that time period. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's just a, there's a lot here that I really enjoy. Is it my favorite Pixar film? No. Is it the worst Pixar film? Not at all. It's mm -hmm. a really enjoyable Pixar movie. And that's what I expected when I got out of this. And sort of just to uh, pick up what you're talking about, like with some of the adult themes in here, too. People have written about it and you've seen it around the place too, but there is a lot of generational trauma in here as well, you know, passing on things that you, mm -hmm. that a parent uh, would have um, ingested and kind of like suppressed uh, and then making their children do that as well. I mean, that stuff is, is tough all around. Like it's a universal feeling um, here. It's kind of a little bit more in an Asian uh, setting, but sure. I mean, all that stuff is is tough, and the visualization of it is also like a great thing that they that uh, Don Chi decided to put into the movie. Don Me, sorry, um, uh, decided to put into the movie, and so I, I appreciated that there was like this again, like I, the word I used earlier was like a, a nightmare, so to speak, uh, of of uh, a, like a confluence of a lot of like feelings and thoughts and sounds and noises and whatever else, and like. Uh, what I liked about this movie is that there there is like a scene uh, uh, that she does have that is essentially a nightmare and like this doesn't shy away from a lot of themes and topics that are in what you would call like more like mature movies um, and I dug that I mean sort of like my last thought on this is like you mentioned the awkwardness of being 13 and whatever else I mean Aaron you finished pen 15 recently and I've been watching it for a couple of years that's a great show about being awkward in junior high as well. Like it's played differently because there's two adults that are um, acting with other 13 year olds. Mm -hmm. But I mean, like everything that they're doing in that, in that show is kind of like sort of related to what's happening in this movie as well. So um, to say that, you know, this movie, I know that some of the criticism has been a little bit more of like the Asian side of things and being unrelatable on that side, which I agree with your assessment of being like a cowboy. Um, but let's be clear. It, 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 there's there's one review from Collider sure. that got pumped up a lot this week because it was a bunch of nonsense as far as this. Yeah, one, it was terrible. One, I, yeah, I mean, I yeah. would I, I hated that review and I was just like, OK, uh, my immediate thought to my buddy who texted me was just like, great. So I guess I, you 
Uh, I can't believe that you watched a bug's life and you're like, Oh, I can't watch this because I'm not a fucking ant. Um, <laughs> but, um, uh, I would, I would say that, um, some of the criticism is, is, uh, sure. It's met with like some, I guess, uh, quote unquote, unrelatable, uh, circumstances, but for the most part, it's like all, of, all of what you were talking about here is pretty universal. And that's, I think the thing that that you should um, either latch on to or think more broadly about is like just how awkward you were at 13. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> dude, like you weren't the like not you, Aaron and David, but I get it. Yeah, the, the universal loyal <laughs> you were just like this weird kid going through life and just like trying to figure out what was cool and what wasn't cool because this is like junior high and factions started happening, right? So I totally dig it. I I get it. And again, I was glad that they were able to put on the screen like this awkwardness that you were going through and this red panda turning into a red panda thing can be viewed multiple ways, some more explicitly than others in terms of just like, Hey, it's your period. And you know, you're going to get angry from time to time, or you're trying to break away from your family. Like, again, there's a lot of like metaphors that you can, that you can take from it. So kudos to the team for sticking to their guns and be like, this is the movie they wanted to make. Something I like about the whole panda thing mm -hmm. uh, is that it's not like, a secret throughout the movie it's not something where like the plot revolves around my not being able to tell anybody that she's a panda instead it's like oh, everybody figures it out pretty quickly and then <laughs> and not only that it's not like you know the the rest of the plot centers on like getting out the pitchforks to destroy this panda creature it's we love the panda give us more right. panda <laughs> like we need to take pictures and stuff of the panda <laughs> like we we all of us love this and yeah, and whether or not Mike can be like, I guess I can control this, or maybe I want to get rid of it. I don't know. Like, I gotta figure that out. Like, I like that. That's it. It goes in ways that not necessarily subversive, but just ways that I appreciated to get away from a more boring plot. Essentially, like, it's yeah. Like, I mean, now we've got to go to Toronto to go find this giant panda. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's that's what we have to do as a, yeah. as, a as a people, right? As a podcast. Yeah, it's it's a conquest now. David, what say you? Did you like the giant panda? Yeah. Of course I did. Um, <clears throat> How many did you buy? <laughs> None. And I'm wondering when can we meet this red panda at Disneyland? This is. I, I hope if they have a panda Disneyland that it's not like a costume, but it's just it's still the cardboard boxes that they have. Oh, that'd be hilarious! <laughs> oh yeah, that would be great. Yeah. That or would like be both. fun. Like the boxes, like everyone's like, everybody look, it's May. And it's like the boxes. And then everyone's like, oh, uh, all right. And then yeah. behind it, the real panda comes out. It's like, hey. I mean, and the, and the human actor would be inside where the, the cardboard eyes are. And yeah, uh, the human actor would have a creepy May face on top of it. Oh, the May face would be like where the belly is because yeah, it's for yeah. a kid. Exactly. <laughs> Um, Let's send this to Disney right away. I think we have a good thing. You've got, you've got, you have enough pull there, David. Yeah, yeah. you can do it. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, what was the question, though? Did you like the panda and the panda-related storyline? I mean, we've all seen kind of like this kind of story before, but it was fine. I think I really do think that kind of like a lot of Pixar movies lately. Um, I think Soul uh, more more recently. I kind of want to just stick with. I was really enjoying just watching May and her friends just sure. go through normal life. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that to me was a lot of fun. And like in Seoul, like I just wanted to watch this band teacher go through his thing. I was really interested in that. I didn't you, need, to I, you know, I, re I really agree with you. I, I would be, I would entertain seeing Pixar make that kind of choice to be like, what if we just not had a supernatural element for a change? Yeah. Just a straight human comedy for like, yeah. 
I thought I thought it was, you know, there's uh, just a more human thing. And I think Coco threaded that needle pretty well yeah. with um but um yeah, it's just like sometimes I just want a, an animated movie that's kind of like like a Miyazaki movie. Uh-huh. I mean, okay, maybe Spirit Away, like something happens, but I don't know. I know what you mean. Yeah, but you you're know, with like, those like, that like, particular like, group, like like Abe and I, we're big fans of um, Kids on a Slope um, from the uh, creator. Of, what a, um, what a great show from the that creator of, uh, Cow- of of Cowboy Bebop, and yeah. it's like, and that's a show where there's nothing but just teenage drama <laughs> taking place in yeah. it. It's just really well animated, and right? Jazz, and jazzy, jazz, yeah. great great music. <laughs> well, um, like it'd be, it would. Be, I I completely agree with you, David. Like it. As much as I like, and I, you know, I was a huge fan of Soul, but it's like I was also very concerned for his jazz uh, uh, connection that he had going, and whether that was going to come to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, totally. I mean, but so, um, and I was worried about that going in, just wondering if, if am I going to like what they do? But then, you know, I, I, I think, I think it's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do think uh, her mom is a little too much. You know, like the whole racing to the liquor store to chew out the Devin. <laughs> Devin. I was just... Yeah, that uh, part was a lot. That was... It was a lot. Like, that seems like a scene where it's like, lady, you need to have a little bit of a perspective about what's going on right now because you're embarrassing yeah. your child. She's trying to protect her kid. <laughs> but the... But her finding the drawings and stuff was really funny. And yes. It's, it's something that, like, it kind of, like, uh, I think a lot of us boys have, like, <laughs> like we've been caught like that before. Um uh, but I'll say, it, I'll say I'll add to this. I do say I do think Sandra Oh does a great gives a great vocal performance as uh, Ming, right? Ming's the mother. Um, yeah, I, I think I think she's very good voicing this character. I think that works really right. Well. I do think um, it was very uh, what was very funny for me was when she puts a whole bunch of uh, donuts on the table and immediately slaps her husband's hand like no sugar, <laughs> which is such a uh, I don't know if it's a lot of families, but like. Chinese my my parents are very much like that it's like well why why do you even get it (laughs) (laughs) it's for other people David all the guests but not for you and also like when that happens then May starts like screaming in the bathroom and the second the mom second Ming like starts focusing on that the dad keeps taking donuts behind her back (laughs) a Tim Horton I forget what they're called but yeah yeah Timmy Horton yeah um, I have a question for you guys in terms of like the animation here. Did you guys coming off of like Luca and, and some other previous ones, like did you guys feel as though this was an anime style that you guys like resonated with you or just it was like their style, their choice, and you went with it? Like I liked it. I like it, it yeah. Like yeah. I I know and you guys praised it at the time or Abe did at least. Uh Dave, were you on our Luca show? I can't remember. I think you might have missed our Luca episode. <laughs> How dare you, David? <laughs> Regardless, <laughs> what I was gonna say is, I know, I know, you, Abe. At least you were like, you found it interesting the kind of character model choices they were making for Luca. Like it certainly mm-hmm. stood out um, as something a little bit different than the kind of norm of Pixar designs. Mm-hmm. This one, like, you, can, I mean, it's Pixar. You can kind of, you can kind of see a, you know, they have a certain style that resonates here. Like you can get it, but I do. I do like I mentioned the anime influence. I do think that's there's stuff there that separates yeah. this one out in a way that I appreciated. And the anime stuff was actually what made me laugh a lot too. Yeah, it yeah. Eye, it's it's almost like the Mickey Mouse cartoon shorts. You know, yes, those yeah. are okay. great. Uh-huh. Yeah, the, the whole facial expression changing yeah. so rapidly that, that like, stuff like that cracks me up. I don't know why, but mm-hmm. side uh, note on those Mickey Mouse cartoons, like those shorts, 
Yeah. I was like, this is not what I was expecting from a Mickey Mouse production uh-huh. because they're so off the wall, weird, and like, quote unquote, like adult in, in themes. And I was like, <laughs> this is fucking fantastic. Like, they yeah. need to make more of these things. It's and just, they're like seven yeah. minutes. Yeah. yeah, this, this, a lot of this felt like that. And which, mm-hmm. which, so if you like the Mickey Mouse shorts, you're going to really enjoy this too. But then it, it becomes less of that when it, when it starts getting into the whole panda stuff. Yeah. Which is interesting because it's like, well, I guess you got a pandas, you got to deal with that. But it's like, but but because I I really like the opening of this movie. I like yeah. the, I like yeah. the direct to camera addressing, yeah, the kind of the very self awareness of it, and like the, even the intro titles, which is just like dancing next to the title. It's just like this is fun. Like I yeah, and, I, and then I actually go back to what you said, David, about like this could just be the movie and it'd be really enjoyable. Sure. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. That is like a really enjoyable part. I mean, like the animation style kind of reminds me of something like what you've seen a lot in some of the Cartoon Network stuff, like Steven Universe. Um, but yeah, I, I I dug the animation of like of um of all the characters and like the way that they're going for it. It kind of felt more bubbly. Uh, and then yes, definitely like the anime influences, like the eyes or like when they see the boys, and there's like those snot tears and whatever else too. Like there's a lot of great fun stuff that you're seeing in this. So uh yeah i mean i'm, I'm kind of just glad that they're kind of not sticking with like quote-unquote conventional pixar and this is not a knock against you know the the way that you see folks animated in the incredibles or in whatever else it's just more of like i'm glad that they're pixar is still saying like you know do do whatever fits your story and we'll animate around that I will note the uh, there's currently David. I think you might have watched this. There is currently a 50 minute documentary on Disney Plus that goes with a companion documentary for this film that goes into the making of yeah. Turning Red, um, which is well worth watching. It's very it's it's a it's a good doc. Um, yeah. But but I know they the animation they describe the character models as chunky cute is, the, is yes, what they're referring that, to. That's a great but, way to describe it. Um, which is like yeah, all right. I can I can see what you're going what you what you're saying with that. Yeah, we haven't really seen like a like, like character design kind of like this since like maybe Lilo and Stitch, maybe where uh-huh. they really went thick on the on the calves, <laughs> or you know they just made them. I'm thinking, cute. yeah, it remind me of like Moana too. Um, Moana's kind of got that, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, obviously, like Disney animation versus Pixar. Yeah, I, I don't know where the last time I would have seen it in Pixar. There's other things to talk about. Um, we we've talked about the mom a lot. There was also her friend group made up of, of, of all diverse characters um, mm-hmm. uh, did you guys like the kind of that dynamic it sounds like we did as far as appreciating you're, you're the, talking about the aunties no 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 her no my, my oh, friend her friends oh, her, friend yeah, group, yeah. her friends yeah her malin's friends. friends yes yeah 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 miriam uh abby and priya and priya yeah, yeah. yeah who, who all get uh title cards as they're introduced in the movie yeah yeah, yeah i thought that was i thought they were cool they were fun yeah, I mean, this is like just gonna echo and beat a dead horse. Sorry, dead horse. Uh, but yeah, I definitely agree with you guys that yeah, it could have just been all of those folks with like fringe of mother influence and father influence, because um, they were fun to hang around with, and they have all got their own personalities and their own personal traits, um, and very diverse. I mean, Toronto is a very diverse city in general too, so it's cool that these folks are, are all of different backgrounds. Yeah, yeah you, like, you got uh, like a, you got a white girl, a Korean girl, and a and a I want to say Indian. I want to say uh, Indian well, too. Yeah, yeah, and she, and then there's I know the, the I know the actress is Indian, so it's like yeah. oh. you see a, a Sikh in the, in the on the school yeah, campus yeah. as the yeah. security yeah. guy, the security guard. Yeah. Uh, so, so definitely like representative of Toronto. Um, 
Yeah. Because they love to be, they, they're, again, that, that population is quite diverse. Which once again, and it's not like I expected this from Pixar, but it's a thing that just exists as opposed to something that exists while being, have the attention called to it. You know what yeah. I mean? yeah and i've been seeing more of that like on twitter as well like people have mentioned that there are some characters some side characters like with insulin patches and whatever else too and i was like that's cool Mm -hmm. it's fun to see that you know we're incorporating a lot of things that we normally wouldn't pay attention to and this kind of goes back to something that you mentioned a while ago aaron where it's like the the leap from animation is now that there's background characters that are doing things you yeah know what i mean you can populate um, the world so it feels like a world right yeah instead of just like the foreground folks like from from uh you know like the first toy the first story, toy story yeah. right uh, so it's pretty incredible that there's just so much um craft and care into uh, everything that is going on here so kudos to the team and the director for being like i want this in, in that movie but yeah for sure because it's one thing to like just have stuff in the background but it's another thing to specifically design things that resonate for people that are of all different types like you mentioned insulin patch it's like it's like things that yeah a high school has kids of all kinds that have different kinds of things that define them and what have you or at least are a part of their life and so it's Mm -hmm. it's nice to see that kind of representation um and handled as much as it needs to be given the situation so it's right um i want to ask you this question did you guys take algebra in eighth grade or in seventh grade algebra Seventh I mean, grade. I want to say yes. She's Thirteen. She turned. She turns thirteen, so she's like in seventh grade, maybe eighth. But algebra. Seventh grade at algebra. Okay. All right. Because I didn't take it until like eighth grade slash like ninth grade. So yeah, I'm just curious. I was like, wow, everybody here is really smart. Quadratic. I don't really remember. Might have been eighth grade. High. Might have been eighth grade. I know okay. I took because I, I know I had geometry in high school for sure, sure. and that might have yeah. been sophomore year so i'm okay. trying to think of what would what would have been freshman year probably just algebra, algebra. yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> but i know i know i did it in middle school i remember that specifically wow so. i feel like junior high was just it was just math yeah that's what i felt too it's just like here's fractions but harder <laughs> <laughs> that's what the book's called yeah, <laughs> fractions exactly. but harder yeah by yeah, shell silverstein oh no <laughs> It's depressing and it's got a meaning. <laughs> where, where does this remainder end? Uh, all right, that's enough of that. <laughs> it's where the sidewalk ends. Um, um, it's, it's at the sidewalk. That's where the remainder ends. Yeah. Um, I, I had a question for you guys as well, just in terms of uh, sort of like the nitpicks. David, you sort of mentioned, you and I jokingly sort of mentioned like the concert tickets, but it's like, yeah, that that stuff is like, I, I dug that there was like some some semblance of realism throughout it minus like a, a giant red panda kind of thing but also like concert tickets for kids yeah but here's the thing you're is that buy them with cash but like floor seats are usually the cheapest ticket and so those would be 50 dollars generally and then if you scalp them then maybe 200 dollars. so uh-huh. i almost feel like the kids got ripped off. off. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, to, to my's credit, she just kind of snuck in. So I mean, it all from the roof, yeah. it all worked itself out. <laughs> they got to really work on the roof security. Speaking of this concert, this boy band, Four Town, um, featuring songs written by Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell. Uh, did you guys appreciate the kind of what they went for with this? I mean, it feels pretty proper. Those songs were very catchy. I think I it agree. was fine. I didn't really have. Uh, <laughs> reaction to it one way or the other i just i don't know like it, it might have been the way they looked they looked it very was, young 
They looked, yeah, they looked like, like they not looked just the same like, age, right? Not, like they looked like an actual boy band and not like a group of probably yeah. 20 somethings that are just called a boy band. <laughs> right. And that, that kind of, that part bothered me a little bit because, you know, we, we think back to new kids and um, 98 degrees and specifically and those stink. two. Yes. And, <laughs> and they're older. You yeah, know, they yeah, started yeah. like Mickey Mouse band, like, uh, I mean, Mickey Mouse Club, but then they kind of grew up. And I, I have to think some of that's, well, because this is a Pixar movie and it'd be weird to animate 13-year-old girls thirsting after 20-year-old guys. I feel like it has to be a little more. And even the songs themselves are, you know, they're they're innocent songs, as they should be. I mean, it's, again, it's a Pixar movie. Like, it's and even the, it's not like the Backstreet Boys songs were, you know, intense either. But I, I do think there's sure. a compromise sure. being made to adjust something that, you know, feels appropriate but i got but i but i mean i'm the one that pointed it out i agree with you as far as they are they do seem like quite young <laughs> as far as a boy band goes here's here's another thing that bothered me is that the the speakers worked at the end <laughs> like like you, you, there was almost a second where like wait did they die you know like when, when yeah, her, i mean they, they are mom... on those on those strings at well, the end I, there, yeah. I mean this is the second week in a row where i saw a movie where something came crashing through a ceiling made of glass and nobody got hurt by glass so i mean that's <laughs> that's that's, uh, that's that's what's been on my mind like no one was destroyed by the destruction caused by things crashing through ceilings in these two movies that i've seen recently but, the structural uh, integrity in that glass is just fantastic man i, I guess or people yeah. just really good at running out of the way yeah good job on the engineering yeah I mean, those 13 year olds <laughs> are super fast so yeah. Like well, that, was a, that was a crowded stadium, and suddenly half the stadium starts crashing <laughs> down. <laughs> What's great is that that uh, Ming, uh, the mother, is just like, "Where are your parents?" That's here's, a great line. Here's a question I have for you guys: <laughs> More nitpicks? Yeah, hit it. It's not a nitpick; it's the movie's logic. So uh -huh. Ming's, we the family is afflicted by pandaism. Apparently, I guess yes. like, that's yeah, the yeah. whole thing. Mai is a giant red panda who's you know like she's like twice the size of a kid. Ming's panda is considerably larger. Is that just how it is? Like, is when she was young, was it this large too, or is it? Or are we to take it that it's like a? It has to have been that. Well, large. No, 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 no. Are we to take it that it's like a suppressed kind of thing, and because of that, it became larger over time? That's like, a good because, question. Like because she hasn't been able to let it out for presumably 30, 40 years. Like, also, also, if it was really that big, like, would she like? Is there proof of it? Is there for, like news? That's that's my next question. But yeah. I want to get to this question for now. Like, has it all? Do you think it's always been big, or do you think it like built up over time? I feel like build up over time makes more sense to me. But I, I feel like it was always, always big. Yeah, I feel so like, like when she was thirteen years old, big. she just woke up as the size of a building one day. Yeah, because that's, like her dad that's terrifying. Says, yeah, because there's the moment where her dad's like, "Hey, it was it's pretty large." Um, but then the other thing is also like when uh, you know, spoiler spoiler warning. There's like some other people that for that. Up. What's up? So too late for that. Too late. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it's on Disney Plus. You should check it out. It's seven bucks a month. Um, but no, there's like some other pandas that show up too. Um, and they're all kind of like sized. Yeah, they're all like kind of like Malin sized. So I would guess that you know Ming, uh, the mom, has always been just a giant, giant, giant red panda that could take on Godzilla. That just makes me think that the, it makes the character even worse in my eyes as far as, like, what they think of her. Yeah. Like, Interesting. Because now it's, like, it's not just that, like, you know, over time because of, like, however her mother treats her and how she's put that onto her, onto her daughter that's, like, built up a certain level of, 
of pandaism <laughs> inside of her <laughs> medallion. Instead, it's like she's just always been like a horrible panda monster ever since she gets emotional. Like that. Yeah, she's like like really. But also, <laughs> also it makes me like if she had to go through that and suppress everything, then she should be like a really different mom entirely. What one would think, yes, yeah, yeah, like she would be way more chill. Like, that's why that's, I don't why, know. that's why I'm leaning yeah. on it the idea of it maybe having not as been quite as big when she was, it could still could be big. I mean, like you said, the father does say it's pretty big, and then maybe, and the maybe, later he he repeats it, like, see, I told you, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, maybe it could have been a little smaller at one point. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I, I do think, in, yeah, it, yeah, it wasn't Empire State Building, it was Chrysler Building, so yeah, for sure. And I mean, yeah, and the movie's not inviting me to dig too far into this so i'm not too concerned right. of it it's just the thought that i had right. as far as no that's a she was, good that's she a was good 13 years old that big like that's that's a lot to deal with. like <laughs> has has the last few years of pixar movies really did this done this to us where we stopped nitpicking <laughs> 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 like remember when pixar movies were perfect yes i do yeah you know wally using a fire extinguisher out in outer space yeah it's perfect it makes sense. That works. Right. It propels. Yeah, <laughs> I know. He just wouldn't stop. Yeah. <laughs> That's why Eve is there. Eva. <laughs> and she's got plastic blaster cannons to stop and everything. So. I, yeah. I will say this, because maybe and then this is this, so that next the next, next question. Um mm-hmm. the idea of would the news be aware of this? My takeaway is it's a world where I think magic just kind of exists and it's somewhat mundane because it's not like her, you know. It's not like when they see the red panda, they're like, oh, my God, this is a red panda. None of that makes sense. We're humans and magic doesn't exist. It feels like they're like, well, that's shocking, but I got over that pretty quickly. So it makes me feel like this kind of thing is just like, I guess, known well enough to be like, yeah, people turn to animals sometimes. But it's not <laughs> but it's not like a world changing, like a life, a life altering event when people see it happen. OK, I'll give you a theory. Uh, they turn into red pandas or giant pandas or giant animals. But because you don't see it too often, then people kind of think of it as like like a crypto monster, you know, things that can't be explained, like the Loch Ness monster or like Bigfoot, and uh-huh. that's you know, it's actually just a teenager acting out. All right, <laughs> <laughs> maybe it works. Maybe it works. they're taking pictures <laughs> all the time <laughs> behind giant Canadian flags. They're only in Canada too, Aaron. Right. That, that, that's might why be, we that, might, that might be it also yeah it's contained yeah. just like the Ghostbusters movie people forgot that ghosts exist because it was only in New York and in the 80s and that's how that <laughs> and, the, and, and that, in that one town and, and the, that, that one that one small town of the island of Manhattan <laughs> 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 yeah. and people just naturally forgot about the existence of the afterlife that makes sense mm-hmm. um, <laughs> uh, I do really like the way she draws and says like he's not you know he doesn't look that good and then slowly <laughs> you know I thought that was really body. It was really With hilarious. And, a six pack. <laughs> and then why 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 is it a merman all of a sudden? But, but I mean, I feel like that's kind of how that's accurate how people <laughs> how they think turn, how yeah. they realize they like someone. You know, it's it's very I don't think any I don't think it's been captured on film before. Right. Which I thought was like again, hey, this is awesome that you guys are showing all the stuff that real people go through. Um, I didn't draw those things, and if you're like, "Well, boys never do anything," you know, you didn't, you didn't draw Merman. No, I didn't. No, but I was like, "Boys don't actually draw anything." It's like, I don't know if you watched Superbad, but he drew dicks for like the entire of the entirety of eighth grade. So, don't give me that stuff either. So, I'm gonna defend this movie to forever, kind of thing. Um, 
Way to uh, stick up for kids drawing. <laughs> no, I'm talking about like the criticism. I know. Of, uh, I want to ask you guys about um, the other technical aspects. Like, did you guys really mention notice like any sort of score in this movie? Oh yeah, Ludwig. It's Ludwig, but yeah. but it didn't have like yeah. I, it didn't stand out to me as like mm-hmm. that there was a theme because it was mostly like the four town. I disagree. I just I, I I think the score comes the score comes in early on when she's establishing herself and it it takes on new layers as it goes throughout. Yeah, the four town songs come in come in, but I the main like theme of the movie is carried throughout and I kept recognizing it in different ways. Like I thought, I thought it was, no, no, no. I mean, I, I recognize it, but it didn't like, I don't want to download it. That's uh-huh. fair enough. I'm just, <laughs> I'm saying for me, it was effective. That's all. I'm going to okay. have to go watch this again. And cause I, I, I'm kind of like on the fence because I don't really remember a, a main through line score, but uh, you know, I guess I have to go see it again. It's just the uh, it's just Chinese instruments. Abe. Is that what it is? <laughs> it's not just Chinese instruments. <laughs> I I I will add though. I mean, there okay. there is a climactic bit that involves music, and I'm not saying that this is this kind of like amazing build up thing that went from the beginning to the end. But I again, I did appreciate how the music played a role that wasn't just four town songs, but had right. a lot of different things going on to kind of build that in. Uh, yeah. In a way that, in, in for a movie that I wasn't finding myself like you know getting as emotional as certain other Pixar movies, but in that moment it did get me, and I think that is a a, a success of what was what was going on from a. That's because right. you guys sing from your heart, man. And I, then well, I always do. <laughs> Good. That's and then how, that's and how then Christmas it, magic it works too. And then it lost me because the speakers were still working. <laughs> <laughs> and those guys were still hanging. <laughs> well, they got down. I mean. <laughs> Well, were they, were they choreographing with the the song, or were they just singing at the end there? I think they were just singing, right? They were just singing. They're would, singing. Would, there's, there's like mild choreography, but they, they're, they're mainly just like standing on some stuff. David, you paid for a show. You're gonna get the fucking show. Those guys being, of course, uh, Jesse, Aaron Z, Aaron T, Tay Young, and of course Robert. <laughs> and there was a few people who who were stragglers in the in the stadium too. Yeah, yeah. The 13 year olds that weren't fast enough. Exactly. The ones that all, the ones that had broken leg that to sit there. Yeah. Uh well as we're kind of ran things out, question for you guys both. Um not that you guys have to give a specific number, but where does this fit in your in your Pixar echelon? I mean, I do have a specific number. Do you? Okay. Because <laughs> I that handy feel, free, feel free to give it if you want it, but I know that you guys both kind of like really well. I haven't I haven't actually it. done mine yet. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed. I noticed it hadn't popped up with all these criticisms because Inside Out's at the bottom again. <laughs> Sorry, I was, I was, normally, a, I, I was at a Transformers convention, all right? <laughs> okay, so something cool. I get it. Yeah. Um, where, where does it fit for you then, Eric? Uh, there's 25 Pixar films. I currently have this 18th. Okay. Um, that could climb. I've you know, only seen it so, you know, like Luca climbed a couple spots last year as I saw it more. Um, my favorite movie of 2021 yeah I, yes i recall um so yeah as of now, like it you know it's certainly a good i have no problems with this movie as right, far right. as like being a perfectly enjoyable movie that i was happy to see i you know i obviously i wish this was in theaters um i know it's sure. having, having a very limited run and believe david you're gonna see it again right yeah i did i do have tickets to the el capitan wow nice and that's a, a very lucky position to be in as far as the chance to see the movie in a theater because i i certainly would have liked to i don't know if that necessarily raised my score dramatically or something like that i doubt it but it is just you know it's nice to see these you know these well-made movies in a theatrical environment and it is right. we scott Mendelson got into this last week i don't need to repeat this too much but it's a shame that 
Pixar movies are being relegated to this for reasons. Sure. Um, it's frustrating, but yeah. uh, but no, good movie for sure. Like it may well it may rank in the kind of middle section of my Pixar lists, but I mean when all of these movies are basically good. It's hard to like be too middle that. section. That was pretty low. On your 18 list. out of 25. Eight, okay. It's the lower middle section. Gee whiz, <laughs> oh, <guys. okay. laughs> so you're, you're a uh, Malin when she's like doing poorly in school with the C's and B minuses on her bed. I was thinking like <laughs> score wise, like the, it's yeah, the middle yeah. section of us as far as the score of the movie goes. Like I get what you're saying. Yeah. We're like, telling you that there was not much of a score and now you're, <laughs> now you're agreeing with us. Cause like 15 through like 21 or like, the same grade it's just like how do you rank that that's kind of hmm. what what's what what is the, the two movies directly above it uh inside out and, oh. and, <laughs> david is david has left the podcast and i am fi- turning and, red and finding dory okay ah i i mean i like dory but i don't i think this goes up because of how unique it is i you know what I, i'm not because like, i I shuffle these around a little bit because I'm like, mm-hmm. do I like? And I just honestly I just haven't watched Dory in a while to like have a real thought on, on sure. whether or not. And again, that comes from watching these more and more. So. But that's also where I land too, David. Is like I really give this a lot of credit for for its uniqueness, um, and not even you know, like the the panda and what, again of just like the confluence of everything that is happening here and what they showed on the screen. Like, uh, not all of it resonates, but. Um, I do appreciate a lot of what they're doing. And Dory has a septopus. So I mean, what do you what do we do? What do you want from me? <laughs> <laughs> um, any Did other... she find her parents? Any... Yeah, of course. That'd be a really depressing movie. It was called Finding Dory. She didn't find her. Okay. They're still they're still around over at uh, Do you a... do you guys have short term memory? Because you seem to forgot what happened in that movie. I, 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 totally I forgot do. it all. Abe's one asking. I'm like, yeah, you I just, I just know that it made four hundred million dollars, and like nobody was expecting that. That time. is that is low. It made a billion dollars in change. Sheesh! <laughs> Fighting Dory made dough. Right. Yeah. They found green. All right. It was the uh-huh. biggest movie of of that summer. I probably pretty sure. <laughs> so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure too. Like, it was like it's oh, too man. bad John Carter didn't make half of that. Oh, I mean, it is. It is too, too bad that John Carter. Didn't John make Carter. Half We'd have three John Carters by now. Talk about torpedoing uh, Taylor Kitsch's career. They, they they could finally have Mars in the title. <laughs> let's go. Let's go to our rating. When should people go and see this movie, David? I I mean on Disney Plus as soon as you're able, or the theater if you live in LA. There you go. Boom. Abe, on our old scale, this would be like a dollar theater rating, and then uh, obviously it's streaming right now on Disney Plus. So yeah, go check it out. Uh, it's a new Pixar movie. Watch it. There's no reason not to. That's just my fun. Like it's it's good, good wholesome fun, uh, with a little edge. Um, all right, so that's been our thoughts on turning red. Let's move on now. Abe, what um, ooh, what time is it? Oh, Aaron, it's time for a quick game here. Little known fact: that's actually the the noise that plays when Aaron turns into a giant tarantula. Exactly. That's exactly that's, what it is. That's why you have Mr. Professor Dent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thank you for getting his name right. Yeah. Uh, that is, of course, the improv theme for games. Abe, what game do you have for us this week? Guys, I've got a game for you guys this week. It's called Parents. They just don't understand. Ah. This is uh, where I will read you guys uh, a, a wish of a parent. And if you buzz in with your name, uh, tell me either the name of the parent or the movie. I'll accept either or. Uh, you will get that point. A wish of a parent? For the most part, kind of just like summarizing their wish for their child from a got movie. it. Okay, a theme may emerge here. Um, so the first one here. I just want my son to learn the secret ingredient to my secret ingredient soup and take over my noodle shop. 
Aaron. Aaron. Uh, Kung Fu Panda. Kung Fu Panda. Mr. Ping. Ping. That's what it was. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I knew that. <laughs> I knew you knew that. That's why I put it as number one. It's like, it could be a toss up. Uh, the next one here. I just want to invent something that will take first prize at the fair and make a name for my daughter and I in this provincial town. David? David. Wait, wait, wait. I mean, wait, are we naming the characters? Yeah, name, or, name, or the movie. Or the movie. Uh, Beating the Beast. There you go. Provincial yeah, Town. That's what I'm trying to think of. Yeah, <laughs> Provincial Town. First prize. Um, He never makes it there. What happened? <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> well, he takes the wrong pathway. <laughs> what, that, what his horse, that his horse rightfully wanted to go. And he's just like, oh, now I'm just at this giant castle. This wasn't on the map. Uh, Did he make it out of the castle okay? <laughs> no, he didn't. He was imprisoned. <laughs> and now the rest of the podcast is Abe reciting his take on Beauty and the Beast. That's yeah, what no, happened. Let me, let, me, let me turn the candles down low. Let me start singing, though. Um, next question here. We just want our daughter to leave us alone in this new house and new town and go play outside with this weird kid, YB, while we finish our books. Aaron. We have to, Aaron. Coraline. Coraline is correct, yeah. Do they even have names? They do Charlie and Mel. Mel, okay. (laughs) Classics. Exactly. (laughs) The next one here. I want my kids to grow up and use their powers and not be ashamed of them or hide them even though we're in hiding. Aaron. Aaron. Helen and Bob Parr? It's more Bob Parr, but yeah, yeah. Okay. Because Helen, he he wants them to use them and Helen's just like, no. Um, Wow, what a manly voice. (laughs) Great Craig T. Nelson, Abe. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's me, coach. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the next one here. I just want my son to be normal and not tell me that he's talking to my dead mom who keeps asking to turn the heat up. Maybe he can go read a book. Oh, David. David. <laughs> Paranorman? Yes, yeah, Paranorman. Aaron I would have got it wrong. I was going to be wrong. <laughs> what, what were you going to say? Don't worry about it. <laughs> it, it might then, be another it might be another question so keep going. yeah the rest of the clue was maybe he can go maybe he can just go read a book in a secluded part of the forest or something um the next one here i want my son to stay close to, to home and never venture beyond the reef i promise his little brother aaron marlin marlin for finding uh, i keep wanting to say jeopardy question. who is marlin <laughs> <laughs> who is marlin now who's got the short-term memory um <laughs> The next one. Damn it, he got me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> next one here. I see this spark in my son, so that's why I don't want him hanging around his uncle Aaron too much, and why I send him to this magnet school across town. Aaron. Aaron. Miles Mur- Spider Man into the Spider Verse, but Mister Morales. What's his name? It was actually Jefferson Davis. Yeah, it's Jefferson. Yeah, it's Jefferson Davis. The the name of the um, uh, Civil War guy. Uh, the Civil War guy. <laughs> Well, Marshall is his 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 uncle. It's uh, Brian Tyree Henry. He's the father. That's that's the yeah. That's the name of the the voice actor. Yes. Yeah. The next one here. I want my son to stay under the water so that the bad fishermen don't kill or capture him uh, if he rebels. Dave. Then David. Luca. Yes. Because <laughs> the if you guys didn't get that, the next clue was uh, I'll just send him or uh, if he does rebel. I'll just send him even deeper into the water to live with his translucent uncle. So. What a dark ending for Luca if they actually caught him and there's just like this boy in a hook to hang in the town. That was sad. <laughs> then the parents would be like, we've got to move farther away. Um, the next one here. All I want is for my son to grow up, displace his uncle who took my throne and 
take this place as David. Lion King. The Lion King is correct. Yeah, Mufasa. I was going to say Hamlet. <laughs> I mean, yes. Yeah. But it's uh, played by pigs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the next one here. I just want my grandson to learn the family business of making shoes and giving up his David. grandson. David. <laughs> Coco. Coco is correct. Comes down to this because you guys are tied by five. Oh, boy. And don't don't just answer and then wait five seconds with dead air. Pressure, pressure, pressure. Yeah. I want my youngest daughter to stay away from the surface. Stay here in my kingdom. David. Sing, David. Ah, little Mermaid. The Little Mermaid is correct. Da, 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 da. The finishing of that clue was stay here and sing songs with the fishes and her six other sisters. I mean, you, you did a lot of underwater ones, so we were just running out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it could have been Splash. Uh, were these all oh, animated? No. Were they all yes, animated? Yes, yeah, these yeah. are all animated parents. Yeah, uh, that's that's yeah. why. So my thought, I had one thought that with, with the paranormal one that it was Sixth Sense because cold plays a big role in that movie also. It was like, that doesn't make any sense. That would Yeah, that would have fit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Plus, you know, um, <laughs> she loves her son. Uh, David, you won that one uh, by the skin of your teeth. Yeah, six five. There's skin on my teeth. Not anymore. There isn't. <laughs> Good job. Good job. Good job. Thank At you. one point, it was five to two. David came back super fierce. Yeah, I, I finally figured out what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> he discovered the inner parent. There you go. Yeah. All right. Well, good job, David, and thanks for that game, Abe. You're welcome. That was fun. All right, let's move on now. Let's get to some out now feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. Feedback time. This is where we go over the various question and answers on our Facebook page. Facebook.com says out now podcast. We asked a number of questions of the listeners and they gave us some answers. David, feel free to throw in your answers if you have any for these various questions we're about to go through. First question is, what would you say is your spirit animal? Chris Cleland writes, Bigby Goat, cute, annoying, and naughty. Um, okay, good job there, Chris. Uh, spirit animal from you guys? A chameleon. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Rango style. Exactly. Lick my eyes because I feel like it. <laughs> that's that's why you'd be a chameleon. That's that's the one reason. Yes. And that's it. period. Yeah. End of questions. No questions. Not wearing the Hawaiian shirts. I who who needs shirts? I'm a chameleon. <laughs> <laughs> now we just, know uh, Aaron's weird kink. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Peeling off dead skin. Draw, yeah. Drawing himself at 13, <laughs> licking his own eyeballs. <laughs> Those aren't eyeballs. <laughs> They're elbows. They're ah, bald, ooh, right? The only person in the world that can do that. <laughs> well, it's a chameleon. He's got a long tongue. David, you had a spirit animal? Not really. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> David, what is your zodiac uh, animal? Chinese I'm a zodiac. horse. It's a horse. Okay. You are a horse. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. It's, it's weird that we had the video on this one time and David actually morphed into a horse. Yeah, it's just like those Animorph books. It was either a horse or Scooby-Doo laughing. <laughs> That's a good point, yeah. It was probably Scooby-Doo. Hey, do you have an animal? Uh, I mean, I'd probably be something annoying, so it'd be like a cricket. What? Yeah, accurate, yeah. yeah. Chameleons eat crickets. Uh, next no. question we have here. What was it'd your be, favorite? Whale. <laughs> what kind of whale? Blue whale. Oh, big guy. Yeah, that's my favorite. <laughs> Why so blue? <laughs> the website? Oh, you're krilling it. Okay, next Ooh. question. Oh. Don't oh, blow that... it, guys. What? Lowell's. <laughs> I, I got it. Man, I can't wait for Bobby Z to deliver his Pinocchio this fall. 
Next question here. What was your favorite band slash singer in middle school? Chris writes, oh. Jesus and the Mary Chain and The Cure. Wow, Chris, you're listening okay. to some grown-up stuff in middle school. We get it. We get it, Chris. <laughs> yeah, you're cool. Eyeliner, black. Yeah. <laughs> what was your favorite band? Band or... singer in middle school? Middle I mean, school. this is like when Aqua came out, so I'd have to say Aqua with Barbie Girl. Because there was no other singers. <laughs> nope. Yeah, no. You were... it was... Abe just banging out that aqua. What were the so what were those other classic hits besides Barbie Girl, Abe? Yeah, it was called Mr. Jones, obviously. Dr. Jones, I should say. It's a good album, actually. That aqua yeah. album is a really good album. Yeah, really killing it. Dr. Jones, Jones, calling Dr. Jones. Come on. Wake up now. Okay, nobody's singing along with me. It's your favorite band. <laughs> no one's singing with Ray. Okay. Uh middle school from that was. Uh, Incubus, I believe, was my big thing. Incubus? In, in middle school, yeah. Who are you? A guy that liked a popular band in middle school. That's what <laughs> Hey, did they travel on the Incubus? <laughs> yeah, mine was terrible, but that was gold. Dave, <laughs> <laughs> hey, what were you listening to in middle school? Uh, U2 was probably my favorite band. Wow, yeah, 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 yeah. It was already on your um, Walkman, your Sony Walkman? I didn't actually have a Walkman. No, that's the joke that it was on iPad or the iTunes already. Must have been the sweetest thing. Yeah. All right. <laughs> we were just going off the rails. This is great. Uh, the next question is... We're like the Pixar movie. We, we should have just stuck with the reviews, but, uh, you know, we, I mean... You this, know is, I mean. this is a DreamWorks movie. We're just calling this out is, stuff. <laughs> yeah. We have all we all have the DreamWorks smile going on right now. We're down forever, guys. Um. The next question is, what movies do you enjoy that feature morphing into some kind of creature? Todd Liebenau has An American Werewolf in London. Chris has Tusk, The Fly, and Zombievers. And Tyler writes, what white chicks? <laughs> <laughs> uh, favorite movie where, you, where there's... I know my spirit of... animal now. Oh, what is it? <laughs> A white chick? Oh. <laughs> Abe got it. <laughs> <laughs> You're Marlon Wayans and Sean Wayans? Um... Kind of morphing into some kind of creature. Hmm. Uh, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. There you go. No, I'm not talking about the new one. I'm talking about the old one. With the, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie? Yeah, Ivan, Ivan Ooze. Morphing, not morphin. <laughs> oh, okay. Technicality. I mean, some kind of creature. It's just, they just like, they morph into having a different suit on. Giant <laughs> dinosaurs? Come on. Okay. That, they weren't, that's not, that's still just putting themselves inside a machine that they can Fair, fair, fair. Yeah. All right. Uh, morphing into some kind of creature. Uh, the fly mm-hmm. was taken. That's a good answer. Um, all the all, willow, basically. Willow, yeah. That's good. Willow. I'm uh, not again. I mean, T two, like T one thousand, it's morphing all the time into stuff. Twin right? brothers. Yeah, yeah. Tw- to twin brothers, exactly. <laughs> into Janelle. <laughs> don't think we don't know their names, listeners. Aaron and I can do that movie from like memory right oh, now. Yeah. 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 Todd and Janelle. Yeah. Your parents are kind of di- your foster parents are kind of dicks, huh? How's Wolfie? <laughs> Wolfie's fine, honey. He's doing just fine. Where are you? <laughs> Man, we're so good at this. All right, next one. Your foster parents are dead. <laughs> he just hangs up. <laughs> All right. What are some great movies that deal with embarrassment? Tyler writes the 40-year-old virgin. Still cringe at the bags of sand line. <laughs> <laughs> feels like a bag of sand <laughs> um movies that deal with embarrassment mm. 
Uh, Jerry Maguire. Specifically the scene where he's like, who's coming with me? And nobody comes with him. That's a good moment, for sure. Keep thinking of TV shows. Like, uh, I get, like Meet the Parents has a ton of like cringe comedy going on. It is. Yeah. Meet the Parents? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Something about Mary. I was about to say something about Mary. I was speaking of Ben Stiller. (laughs) It's a lot of like those 90s Ben Stiller movies. (laughs) Actually, Me the Parents is like 2000. That's 2000. Yeah. 2000. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's a uh, best best song nominee, Me the Parents. Randy Newman. (laughs) Wow. Um, Yeah, that works. All right. Uh, the other question that we have here is what are some great movies that address going from youth to an adult? Hmm. Uh, no answers here, but I would throw in um, Stand By Me. Yeah. yeah. I can't think of anything. I, I, I could visualize them in my head, but I can't remember the titles. Boyhood. Boyhood is a pretty specific answer. That makes a lot of sense. Um, I'm, also, Harry, I'm, trying, I'm, trying, I'm trying to be in the mind of David right now. <laughs> oh. I, I um, never... Uh, say anything. Well, uh, I don't know. Anything. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, oh, you meant the <laughs> uh, moonlight. Moon- moonlight. Oh, oh, you're not playing the game anymore. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm just naming a movie. Yeah. <laughs> no, moonlight, the... Moonlight's a great answer. Yeah, that's a good answer. So, so say anything. I mean, does he grow up to be a martial artist? <laughs> probably, right? I, I mean, if... he's probably a kickboxer somewhere. In real life, yes, and in gross point blank, which I assume is a sequel. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Next question. I want us all to take this one very seriously. What three Pixar characters would make up your friend group? That's a great question. Todd Lieben now writes Violet from The Incredibles, Mr. Pickle Prickle Pants from the Toy Story series, and Art from Monsters University. Uh, and Tyler has I gotta go with Frozone, Slinky Dog, and Doug. Hmm. Huh. What would your three other friends be from Pixar movies? Wow. Hmm. I gotta think. Yeah, this is a good question. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, or I gotta look at the titles of the movies again. <laughs> I know. I get it. I'm trying to think of who would I realistically hang out with, and I gotta say honestly, off the ha- off the bat, Ham from Toy Story. <laughs> um, he, I, I feel like we'd get along. <laughs> you turn on you like, in a way, same way. Yeah. I think you turn on you in like in a, in a split second. David, I'm being realistic here. Sure, <laughs> Ham might turn on me. It happens. Friends turn and on if each you, other. If you if you knock him over, coins will come out of his stomach. Friends, <laughs> turn, friends turn on each other all the time. Have you seen Jordan Grout around here lately? No. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> no uh, I'm I, kidding. Jordan's fine. <laughs> he's fine. He, he's in law school. He's writing movies. Um, you know, the first person that comes to mind is like Mike Wazowski. Uh, friends. Yeah, I mean, he'd hang out with me and we'd hang out with him. We'd just be loud together and obnoxious. Um, I do like this Doug answer because he's just, he'd be everybody's friend, I feel like. He just met you and he loves you. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you, Doug. <laughs> yeah. Uh, squirrel. Um, <laughs> uh, who would that last person be? I want us to really think of I really want us to have answers to this question <laughs> so we can come out <laughs> and knowing that we will not get these friends um, so uh, yeah I have ham uh, <laughs> I think Wally would be cool I would yeah, like, I'd like, like a Mr. Friend. Mr. Incredible would be cool Bob I mean like there's fun answers Bob. for sure like I, I know like there's fun ones that I could have but I'm trying to think of like who would I really be hanging out with it would probably be ham what's Chris Pratt's name in onward Barley 
<laughs> Marley. Marley. Yeah, he plays games. He's, he's, yeah, he's yeah, like yeah. a fun guy. Like he seems like my kind of person. He's <laughs> listening to Incubus. Yeah. He's listening to Incubus and yeah. He would annoy me. I would be more like Ian in that one. Mm-hmm. Is that Tom Holland? Yeah. He'd annoy me right away. He'd be too eager. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's like, he'd be like, hang out with Rudy. He's like, oh, God, this guy. <laughs> Rudy. <laughs> Like we wouldn't be able to hang out with Remy unless he was controlling our everything. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, Remy, yeah. yeah. What's the human? <laughs> what's what's uh, Romano, what Romano's name? Linguini. Linguini. I wouldn't necessarily be hanging out with Linguini, but I could be like, I could probably relate with him more than Remy. <laughs> I just want to sleep in and eat good food. Um <laughs> he's now pimply faced team as well. <laughs> <laughs> really crapping up a lot in these episodes lately. Yeah, he really has been. <laughs> um hmm. I, yeah, I mean, I, okay, I, 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 have, I, have, I have ham and barley. You have, I like it. You have what? You have. We got Mike Wazowski. Mike Wazowski. I've got Doug. And Doug. Yeah. And like, I, I like Eva, but she seems like she's like, if you're not going to be serious, then she's not going to be like cool with you. Like, you'd have to win her over. So I guess that'd be cool. But I guess I'd put Eva there. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, friends, friends, it, two way street you gotta like you know when them over I just them. picture Abe trying to befriend Eve and then being disintegrated immediately. That's exactly what would happen. I'd be like, oh she, I guess she likes us now guys. I just one, found one step closer. I just found this out and I never knew it. I always thought Eric Bana voiced the main shark Bruce in Finding Nemo. He doesn't he voices one of the other sharks. Yeah. He's either anchor that. anchor or chum. He's anchor. Yeah. I always thought he was the he was Bruce the big one. No, Bruce is like a low, deep voice guy. I mean, people do voices. I don't know. Not Derek Bana. Apparently not, since I'm wrong. So, yes. Yeah. That's it. I was going to say Bruce. Bruce? Yeah. He's trying to be a good guy now. He's trying to be a good guy. You know, he's a well, it depends on what kind of species you are. No, I assume we're all exactly who we are. Oh, like, okay. Like Abe's, oh, Abe's, gonna... Abe's definitely hanging out with both well, a dog that talks Abe... as well as a monster with one eye. Yeah, I think Aaron's Aaron's dead in the water because he drowned. <laughs> Bruce is like, it wasn't me, but it was. I'm not applying these real snakes to you guys. It's like you're gonna be dead if you hang out with these people. Here. I'm, I'm embracing you. your choices. He's David, you. What are David, your three have you, choices? Have you made some choices, David? What do you? Got? I said I said Wally. 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 Yeah. I said Bob Parr. Bob. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know. Louis Black from Inside <laughs> Out. <laughs> Mad guy or anger? Or anger. anger. <laughs> Mad guy. There's probably some Monsters University characters I could probably see myself yeah, hanging out with. Specifically, University. See, like there's a there's an eclectic bunch in that group. Yeah. Yeah. Really. Uh, I don't know. I really can't think of this right now. This is. It's all good. All right. Yeah. Let's, let's hang out with Mater. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Mater, Wally, Bob Parr. <laughs> The, wow. dream, the dream team, right? Yeah, not really, but yeah. Like, the four of you walking in slow motion into a room, and everyone quiets down because Mater's here. <laughs> let's just <laughs> let's just move on. And we're gonna do this for another eighteen hours. So, so David, let's guide the dynamics between you and Bob Parr. Okay, <laughs> that's fine. Uh, I we I think we can re- crush this question. I I think this was fun, uh, but that's go. that's on now feedback, 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 feedback. And of course, that is going to wrap it up for this week's episode of Out Now There and Abe. You can find more of my work, my personal blog, thecodeseek.com. Everything I do ends up over there. I'm also writing for We Live Entertainment and Wise the Blue and occasionally Variety. I'm also on Twitter, Aaron's PS4. Abe? You can find more fun stuff over my Instagram, abe.mua, and twitter.com slash walrus moose. Hashtag, who wants to play Boggle? <laughs> David, yeah. We're going to find more of you. Um, Instagram, probably C-O-H-E-T-E boy and, and or express. 
great. You can find all the other episodes about now third name on iTunes, Audio Boom, Spotify, and Stitcher. Sunglide Automatic and HHWLOD. Feel free to email us at outnowpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can also write it on our Facebook wall, Facebook.com slash podcast, or tweet us at twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast. And our Instagram page, instagram.com slash outnow underscore podcast as well. David, thank you very much for joining us this evening. Thank you, David. Well, thanks for having me. Glad to have you on here to talk about Turning Red. I had to go over the movie. Thanks to the listeners for listening. Uh, next week, we're not quite sure yet. Uh, there's, uh, there's there's not a huge movie in the same way there has been for the past couple of weeks. So we'll, we'll see what we come up with. But, you know, Oscars are coming. So we'll see what we can do. Uh, in the meantime, that's going to do it for this week's episode. So until next time, so long. And goodbye. I never met nobody like you. Had friends and I've had buddies. It's true. But they don't turn my tummy the way you do. I never met nobody This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we're talking Turning Red. Wow. I can't wait to talk about Turning Red. What? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I was hoping that you continue on this like Turning Red thing. <laughs> Let's try that again. <laughs> Let's see what else. Another wisdom pops right. out this time around. <laughs> okay. There's a place over the trailer for Turning Red. I'm whatever Maylin Lee yeah and you know what sometimes I get mad and when I get mad poof turn into a giant ah giant panda uh and then you know just four town singing <laughs> okay <laughs> not one of your better efforts I gotta say <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't remember too much of it of the trailer I mean the trailer is like the first five minutes of this movie basically <laughs> I mean it felt like it yeah <laughs> okay <clears throat>